He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a warm, humid winter morning in the hill country. God bless Texas, telling you. And, uh, boy, we've got a heck of a program lined up for you today. I was working on trying to get a whole bunch of good news on here, and, uh, well, you guessed it. Um, about the only good news we're going to be talking about today is the advent, and uh, we'll uh, go over that in the fourth quarter today. We've got Pastor Greg coming on at the bottom of the hour, and um, once again, um, the Republicans are revealing themselves. Our elected officials who have an R by their name are revealing themselves without any fear, no fear whatsoever. And um, this is one of those days where if you have a a jersey-wearing friend who says that uh, if they have an R by their name, they can do no wrong, um, this is the day to maybe get them to tune in. Or maybe not. Maybe just uh, listen today and uh, take your own version of what I'm going to talk about today and present it to them yourself, and that way it doesn't have to come from that evil Matt Long who just, uh, you know, just uh, going to crash down on everybody. The Democrats, Republicans, just coming down on everybody. So anyway, that's um, second quarter today. Got some good stuff on your calendar. Yes, there are still things going on in the Hill Country during the holiday season. They will, um, I'm willing to bet after about the middle of next week, um, about a week from now, all of these calendar things are just going to fall right off. And uh, we'll have to come up with something else uh, to do in the uh, opening portion of the program until uh, the end of the year. So uh, what do we have going on tonight? Uh, and this is all, all of this information is available at mattlongshow.com, themattlongshow.com. Go over to my Matt's calendar tab. And if you miss something when I'm talking about it, all the details are there. Tonight in Lano from 6 to 7.30 is a, a gathering of uh, the Texas Nationalist Movement folks. This is in Lano. Um, and I saw Daniel Miller and his uh, entourage and his wife uh, over the weekend up in Dallas. In fact, they stayed in the room right across the hall from my wife and I. Um, but if you need more details on that, you can go to tnm.me. Dot M-E-T-N-M dot M-E, and that will give you details on their meetup meet in Lando tonight. Tomorrow night in uh, Kerrville, woo, go Kerrville, Liberty in Action meetup tomorrow night, 5.30 to 7 at the Acapulco Mexican Restaurant. Find uh, where and how you can get plugged in for the next legislative session, as well as, I believe these guys are, uh, this is going to be a celebratory meeting, and uh, they certainly have uh, reasons to be celebrating in Kerrville for this uh, small uh, 
new i'm gonna keep saying new they're you know they're moving on into their second year and uh but uh real happy with what they've been doing if you want to get engaged with this organization tomorrow night at the acapulco mexican restaurant on sydney baker street in kerrville 5 30 go early order something uh to eat support the restaurant if they're letting us meet there um then uh, I think it's incumbent upon us to show some support of the restaurant. Um, on Friday, the uh, Texas Values are having a reception at uh, Maggiano's Little Italy in uh, Austin, and uh, that's from 11.30 to 1 at Friday. And then next uh, Thursday, the 15th, the Hill Country Preppers, and we'll bring you more details on that as we get closer. I think it might be a potluck. Not too sure about that. Folks, I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, Ben Franklin, and uh, then we're going to take off a couple of minutes early into this first break. Uh, here we go. This is from Poor Richard's Almanac, 1744. Ooh, I'm looking at a whole list of good ones. Um, here you go. As pride increases, fortune declines. As pride increases, fortune declines. Um, man, that could probably be uh, uh, something in the book of Proverbs, uh, without a doubt. Folks, uh, y'all stay tuned, and uh, we'll be right back and uh, play Lucy and pull the football out from underneath you. Rhinos hate him. I mean, out, come out wherever you are. He's Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. The Hill Country Patriot. Welcome back. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around uh, for all the bad news part. You know, I uh, every now and then, it's uh, not only does it get pointed out to me, but uh, even myself, I'll say, you know, I, I want to find something really nice and sweet to talk about tomorrow. It's uh, And I spend most of my day rooting around looking at uh, at the bad news, and, and uh, pastors say, Matt, you got to stop looking at the bad news every day and you know you got to stop and smell the roses and and i do all those things but listen my job here and and what i feel like i'm trying to do first of all like i've always said is to get you engaged plug you in to be a a um to be part of the process of self-governance and i wish it was just as easy um, to just send out printed invitations. If someone told me, look, Matt, to get people involved, all you need to do is send out uh, uh, handwritten invitations, I would have started writing letters 30 years ago. Well, maybe not 30 years ago. I would have started writing letters 10 years ago. And by now, everybody in the Hill Country would have gotten their engraved invitation, handwritten engraved invitation with calligraphy and all, and um, if that worked, if that got people involved, that's where we would be. Well, it doesn't work that way. If I came in here every week and was just a cheerleader for the Republican Party and came in here every day and told you how awesome the Republican Party was and that no matter what you do, you should always vote for a Republican, then that wouldn't be very honest and uh, wouldn't be, uh, yeah, just wouldn't, flat out wouldn't be honest, all right? We, uh, you may have heard this term recently. It's called the Uniparty. Um, if you're not sure what the uh, Uniparty means, think Unibrow. Una, U-N-I means one. 
one party. We are the more the more we look at it, the more I really really think this is where we're at. Um, that we are, it is, there is very little difference between the Republican Party and the Democrat Party these days. Uh, the Democrats uh, just have their foot on the gas a little bit harder on the road to hell, and uh, the Republicans are, they're, they, they're just kind of staying behind watching the taillights, all right? But they're right there with them, and yes, that is true. And yes, I uh, criticize the Republicans quite a bit because they're the nearest thing I have personally to support and vote on. Am I happy with them? Absolutely not. Am I so angry at them that I'll never vote for them again? Nope, not there. Not there yet. But every time I open up the news and now that, you know, we're getting ready to go into the session... And a couple of articles this morning in the Texas Scorecard and and an audio program by Luke Macias. I got to see Luke on uh, Saturday night. Um, But here we go. I'm not even sure which to. uh, Let's just start on this one. Republican lawmaker. This is a a guy with an R by his name. His name is uh, James Frank. He is. Let me see if I can figure out. If I can figure out where, uh, oh yeah, Wichita Falls. So here we go. Here's the title of the article. Republican lawmaker, elected officials decide priority priorities, not the Texas GOP. Senator uh, James Frank, I'm sorry, State Representative James Frank says, um, conservatives, he's, uh, this is the article. While conservative activists are pressuring lawmakers in the Texas Capitol to pass the legislative priorities of the Republican Party of Texas, State Representative James Frank, or Wichita Falls, says it's not the job of the party to dictate what the legislature should prioritize. Let's see if we can find his exact words. Here is his exact words. Who jo- whose job is it to decide legislative priorities? It is the elected representative's jobs based on direct feedback from constituents. Direct feedback from constituents. Said Frank, adding that this was why the House Republican Caucus endorsed Phelan in a secret vote of 78 to 6. We talked about that yesterday. The uh, Republicans went into a caucus, had a um, secret vote. By the way, I reached out to... um, Ellen Troxclair yesterday. I've not heard back from her. I'm a well, wish. I hope there's something going on that. Uh, eh, no, I'll take it back. Uh, 24 hours. I'll uh, I'll give her 24 hours. I'll reach back again to her today if I don't hear from her. But the um, what I wanted to know the question was when it says it was a secret vote. Was that meant it was secret to us, or did they actually vote on you know little bits of paper that were folded up and put into a hat? All right. Or did they make them raise their hands in there, but it's secret to us. Um, So really not sure which it is because uh, the article does not spell that out. But basically, um, this Republican who has an R by his name says that uh, all those people at the state convention and all the people at your county convention and your... um, uh, congressional uh, convention, your precinct conventions, 
all that work, and listen to me carefully, is a big fat waste of your time. Big fat waste of your time. What Representative Frank, who has an R by his name, says that their legislative priorities, he's not going to pay attention to anything from the party who gives him the R by his name. He says that's not who gets to decide the priorities. So, Mr. Frank, what I want you to do now is go forward with some uh, rules for the Republican Party that abolishes the precinct conventions, the county conventions, the Senate conventions, and the state convention. Let's take a look at the cost of all of those, not only in man hours, but in just how much money it costs the Republican Party to rent one of the four largest venues in the largest state in the lower 48 better be clear on that when my alaska listeners might get fed up with me um that this is um and volunteering for candidates folks if this is what the members of the republican party stand for if this guy frank and he's saying that 78 of the republicans agree with him 78 out of what 84 he's saying this is what he's telling you that, folks, this is a moment of <laughs> they're saying the things out loud that they're not supposed to say. This guy, and he claims that 77 of his buddies up at the house, up at the, uh, up at the Texas house, who all have an R by their name, he's saying, he's telling you, don't bother with your precinct conventions, don't bother with your county precinct uh, conventions, don't bother to spend all the money that it takes to go to Houston or to Dallas or to Austin for, or, 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 or Fort Worth or San Antonio. Austin's not big enough to hold it. He says, never mind, none of that means anything. None. None of it means anything. It's a big, fat waste of your time. This is what he's telling you, clear out loud. He's saying that working for the Republican Party in Texas is a big, fat-ass waste of your time. He says it's not up to us. It's not to, up to the members of the Republican Party what we want the Republicans to do. It's up to him. And the direct, and let's take a look on that, direct feedback from constituents. How many people does he get to hear from directly? Listen, if they're going to his ledge director, that ain't directly. I'm sorry, I hate to be a, you know, picking on the grammar, but uh, isn't that kind of what we do? So, after reading that this morning, I'm thinking, you know, that just cleared up my summer of 2024. Because why in God's name should I put all the work in, all the time it takes to work within the Republican Party to go spend all that time. In fact, not only am I thinking, and by the way, I have an absolute 100% right to change my mind. All right? So I can say something this morning, and if I change my mind, I have a right to do that. But I'll tell you what, after reading that article this morning, do you know where I stand? Here's where I stand. Not only am I going to stop talking about how awful the Republic... I'm sick and tired of the Republican Party of Texas. I'm flat out sick and tired of it. And you got local Republican groups that want to work with us, want to work with me, want my input. 
why the hell should I do that? Why should I do that? When they clearly were being told by Republicans in Austin that 78 of these Republicans in Austin don't think that it's up to the Republican grassroots members of the Republican Party to decide what they're going to work on and not work on. Folks, I'm done, and like I said, I get the right to change my mind, but as of uh, 9.27 and 23 seconds on this uh, 6th day of December 2022, I'm the Republican Party, you're meaningless to me. You don't mean squat. You're just a way to suck up money and then tell us how awesome you are. Actually, you know what? They don't even tell us how awesome they are anymore, do they? What did they tell you right before the election in November? They didn't tell you how awesome the Republican Party was. They told, they told you was it's better than Beto. That's what they told you. We're better than the Democrats. And then they got us all to go vote for them. And then this Yahoo, and man, I'm telling you what, I am so glad that the good Lord has helped me work on my language because I would have used enough words, foul language, in the last five minutes to for me to lose my job. I double-dog guarantee you I'd have, this would have been the last day I'd have been in here if I'd have spoken what I really feel about these guys. James Frank, if the Republican Party of Texas, and let's start with Kerrville in Gillespie County, if the Republican Party of Kerrville and Gillespie County will, in quick order, quick manner, come out and sign and have a resolution against this guy, James Frank, and I'm not talking about the club doing it or the women's club, I'm talking about the Republican Party Executive Committee in Gillespie County and Kerr County comes out and files a resolution condemning James Frank for what he said. Don't hold your breath. Folks, we're going to uh, take a short break, and uh, when we get back, hopefully we'll have Pastor Greg on the line with me. There's more where that came from. Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. I'll be back. The Hill Country Patriot. Don't forget, you can get more Chosen Generation at www.chosengenerationradio.com. And welcome back to Chosen Generation Radio, where no topic is off limits and everything filtered through biblical glasses. And I'm so excited to be joining my good friend. And we're joining the Hill Country Patriot Radio as well with to the Chosen Generation Radio program and the Matt Long Show. And uh, as always, we welcome... Matt Long. Matt, welcome. Good to have you. And good uh, welcome to the Matt Long Show in the Hill Country Patriot, Pastor Greg. Always good to uh, visit with you. You, last night, you brought up in our Monday night conversations, which, by the way, was very entertaining last night because my wife overheard us, and uh, 
next thing you know, it's a three-way conversation. I'm just waiting for uh, for Patricia to uh, step up on your end of the phone. Is that, is that going to happen someday? You know what? It will happen. You know, it will. Yeah, she she sends me great stuff all the time uh, and, and says, hey, hey, you know, take a look at this. So, yeah, no, she's uh, she's very in tuned to what's <laughs> right. going on. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So you were uh, telling so, yeah. me you were telling me last night about a a, a a a legal case whose ramifications, if it goes in the direction that uh, if it goes in a, a certain direction, will lead to the loss of of the office or even the arrest of uh, numerous representatives, senators, congressmen. Um, and I ask you to fill our audience in on that and uh, just kind of break it down for us. So, Pastor Greg, the floor is yours. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you. And again, it's uh, it's wonderful to be with uh, my my dear friends here in the in the Hill Country, folks. There there's some really good news, uh, and some of you may have heard of this case, but some of you may not be familiar with it. You're going to find the information over at my website. If you go to chosengenerationradio.com, chosengenerationradio.com, on the very front page under the Pastor Greg Young blog, it says, Big News on Monday. And uh, and we had uh, on the program, Loy Brunson. So the Brunson brothers, Rayland and Loy, filed the exact same case in two different courts. They did it one on the state level and one on the federal level, and they did that intentionally because they knew that where they needed to go with this case was to the Supreme Court. Now, what is the case? Well, the case is specifically there was a a, a motion that was brought by 100 members of Congress on January 6th because the director of national intelligence said that there was evidence that might suggest that there was foreign interference in our elections in 2020. They had, they had some evidence and the DNI said, we, we need some more time to investigate what this issue was and, and so on. Now, what is, what is being uh, challenged in this case is not whether or not there was foreign interference. It's it's not the merits of whether or not the election was interfered with or stolen or any of those kinds of things. Matt, what's being uh, looked at in, in the case and what the Brunson brothers put together was, is they said, hey, the oath of office that the Congress takes, that these representatives take, is to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That's their oath of office. The 15th Amendment says that our, in, that our elections should not be being interfered with by anyone. No one should prohibit or disenfranchise any voter. Therefore, the elections need to be defended. That is a power that we have given to our government to to defend and protect our elections from foreign interference. Mm-hmm. But that's not even, that, that's, that's, again, this isn't a matter of deciding whether or not it did happen or didn't happen. That's not what this case says. Right. 
What this case says is, is that every representative by oath had a responsibility to, to, to say, yes, we will investigate. Now, on, on a more, to, to get, to bring this into a, a you know, a, a Texas or, or a more local uh, issue, we have two individuals, both of whom I believe, uh, believe strongly in our Constitution. One voted, and, and this, is, this is where the rubber meets the road. The vote was, we're, we're going we're gonna to stop all the investigation. We're not going to investigate. All right, let me let me uh, stop you right there because you almost yep. lost me a little bit. We're talking about okay. the vote that took place on January 6th. Is that the vote we're talking yes. about? All right, so kind of go not, backtrack a little bit and tell us yeah. what that was about. Okay, so th- this is this is not the vote on whether or not to certify the election. Okay. This is this was this was not the vote to decide. Yes, we're going to accept the results that, that we have and and what the different states decided or whatever. Okay. This, this is not that vote. Okay. Before they took that vote, before that vote happened, there was a motion that was brought to the floor. One hundred members of Congress signed a resolution and said, hey, we believe that, that, a, that a foreign nation interfered. A- actually, it wasn't even that. What they said was, is they said, we believe that the investigation that the DNI has recommended happen should happen. Should That's happen. It. All right. So what you're saying we, is we, that there should be an investigation. So 100 members of Congress brought forward a, a resolution asking the government to um, investigate whether there were um, – uh, investigate the um, claims that there was a threat or, a, or that the, there was foreign uh, or domestic uh, interference in the election. Is that what they were supposed to um, investigate? That that was the investigation. Okay. The investigation was that that they were supposed to decide that 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 they would decide in the investigation. Okay. Whether whether or not that happened. Whether That's or not the invest. Okay. Whether or not the investigation go forward. All right. I think I'm following you now. Yeah. So, so, so the issue is, um, is, and so the, the Supreme Court rule provisions are Amendment One: Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of living or perhaps or prohibiting it. The right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Mm-hmm. Article Six: This Constitution and the laws of the United States shall be made pursuant shall shall be the supreme law of the land, and judges in every state shall be bound thereby. The Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three: No person, uh, let's see, uh, there will not be any deprive of any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person with jurisdiction the equal protection under the laws. So they go through and they list out the different reasons why there has been this deprivation. The statement of the case is this. This action is against 388 federal officers in their official capacities 
respondents were properly warned or requested to make an investigation into a highly covert, swift and powerful enemy, as stated below, seeking to destroy the Constitution in the United States. Respondents purposely thwarted all efforts to investigate this, whereupon this enemy was not checked or investigated. Therefore, the respondents adhered to this enemy. Because of respondents' intentional refusal to investigate this enemy, petitioner Raylan Brunson brought this action against respondents because he was seriously personally damaged and violated by this action of the respondents, and consequently this action unilaterally violated the rights of every citizen of the USA and perhaps the rights of every person living in all courts of the law. On January 6th, the Congress held proceedings and debate in Washington, D.C., the proceeding was for the purpose of counting votes under the 2020 presidential election. Um, during this proceeding, over 100 members of U.S. Congress claimed factual evidence that said the election was rigged. The refusal of respondents to investigate the congressional claim is an act of treason and fraud by the respondents. A successfully rigged election has the same end result as an act of war to place into power whom the victor wants, which in this mm. case is Biden who, if not stopped immediately, will continue to destroy the fundamental freedoms of Brunson and all U.S. citizens and courts of law. Due to the fact the case represents a national security breach on an unprecedented level like never before seen, seriously damaging and violating Brunson and coincidentally affects every citizen of the USA and courts of law. Therefore, Brunson moves this court to grant this petition and or in the alternative without continuing further order the trial court to grant Brunson's complaint in its fullest. So, so again, what he's saying is, is your responsibility was based on a hundred members of Congress. And all you really need is, is one witness. Remember, uh, when, when we, when I was at the dinner the other night and I said to, to chip and I, as, as a representative of Congress, that four Americans were murdered on the 6th of January. Four Americans died. That's a fact. There's no question about that. And that an investigation into what killed them needs to be conducted. Okay. As a representative of Congress, as, a, as, a, as an official representative, part of his sworn duty is if he knows that a crime has been committed, then he must demand and institute an investigation and, period and so that was the vote to go forward with this investigation that had tons of evidence this almost sounds like a da in new york or los angeles who's looking at a you know a guy who's been behind bars 28 times and he's just robbed seven liquor stores and the da says eh, cut him loose uh, he's not that bad of a guy and we get mad at the DA, but when our Congress does the same thing, you've got all of this evidence stacked up, and you've got 100 members of Congress who bring it forward, and the rest of the members of Congress say, yeah, never mind, uh, we're, we're just going to move on. Is that, is that putting it down into a nut, into a, uh, into a nut bag? Is that getting it down into a, a, a sentence? Well, it, it does. And so here's the issue. The issue comes down to this, and this is something that a lot of folks may not be aware of. The issue is this. They have taken an oath of office. Mm -hmm. 
under the Constitution, they took an oath of office, and they are to fulfill that oath. Now, what a lot of people don't know is, is they also, years back, not this Congress, but it's been years back, they voted in a statute that basically said we're immune from fulfilling our oaths. So you, so you say to yourself as a citizen of the United States, we ask ourselves all the time, Matt, on the grassroots level, why don't these guys do what the law says? Right. Why do they violate their, why do they not follow the Constitution? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you why. The reason they don't follow the Constitution is because they don't have to. Yeah. Because they wrote... The reason they don't follow... They wrote themselves a a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. 100%. And so they... 100%. Man, that'd be nice for me because I could get to work a lot faster if I had a... uh, Wrote myself a ticket that I was immune to speeding down Highway 16... (laughs) <laughs> you bet. You, wouldn't that be well, nice? No, absolutely, absolutely. It is, it, and, that, and that's, and so that's exactly what they did. What they have exactly done is, 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 and and so when they sit there and they get sworn in and they and they make their statement and they take their oath and they supposedly swear on a Bible, mm-hmm. they are lying to you. Because the reality is, is that it means absolutely nothing, nothing. Because legally, you can't hold them to it because they've given themselves immunity. There you go. So, so I hear because I hear this all the time, and and I've I've thought the same thing. Well, you know, I, you know this guy, and he and he's supposed to be you know doing the right thing, and he sounded like he would do the right thing, and then they get to Washington D.C. and 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 I don't know what happens to them when they get there. I don't understand it. Well, I didn't realize this. I, maybe maybe y'all did. Maybe y'all knew this. And, you know, Pastor's just a little slow and he's getting caught up. <laughs> but I, I truly, I mean, I, I didn't realize that they actually had a statute. Mm. I mean, I knew, I knew what they were doing. I knew they shouldn't be doing it. I knew that they might be members of a good old boy club. And they said, hey, I'm not going to tell on you if you don't tell on me. I knew that. Maybe. That's mm. what I thought. Maybe. That's the deal. Maybe. Yeah. I didn't know that they actually have a USC code that says, hey, guess what? If you're in Congress, if you're a senator, if you're the president or the vice president, you don't have to follow the law. You're immune. Mm. Which is really ironic when you consider what they keep doing to President Trump, right? They keep trying to tell him you're supposed to follow the rules when they know, when they friggin' know yeah. that he doesn't. Yeah. Because they don't. Yep. Wow. And so what the Brunson case is doing, what the Brunson case is finally doing that nobody's ever done before, no one's ever brought a case like this before. Because remember, you have an executive branch that is saying, hey, we're going to stack the courts. You know, we're going we're gonna to change the Supreme Court. We're, we're, we know how to fix you. We're going to put 25 people there, and we're going to get people there that we want to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And the legislative branch is saying, oh, no, you know what we're, what we're going to do is, is we're going to impeach you. If, you. if you don't vote the way we want you to, we're going to impeach you. So you've got these two entities right now that have shot arrows at the Supreme Court. 
-hmm. And the Supreme Court was essentially naked and defenseless until this case arrived. Okay. And now this case gives the Supreme Court the ability to say, guess what? No more immunity. You're going to follow your oath. And And if the case is decided in favor and the court says, yes, they should follow their oath then 388 members will be removed, removed, including Biden and Harris, Pence, and everyone that voted in favor of, of not investigating. And that's the only question. The question isn't, oh, we need to decide whether or not there was... Di-. No. The question is very simple. Should a person who represents us, whether it be a member of Congress or a judge or the governor or the lieutenant governor or in the House in in your state or the legislature in your state or a city council, when they take their oath, should they have to adhere to their oath? Wow. Seems sure. like a, seems like a pretty simple question to answer, but obviously it's not. Pastor Greg, we are way out of time. Folks, yeah, go. Sorry. No, no, this is good stuff. ChosenGenerationRadio.com. I've got that article up about the Brunson brothers. Uh, kind of ignore the, the, the picture of them. They're kind of a scary-looking bunch. Um, so, but, uh, their suit, uh, their suit going forward looks really good. And you can find that chosengenerationradio.com. Big news on Monday is the story from December 4th. Pastor Greg, thank you so very, very much for uh, filling us in on this case. Cause I didn't understand it. Well, my sincere pleasure. God bless you all. And, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you next week. So I'm not going to, I wish you a Merry Christmas, but, but I plan to be back before Christmas. So God right. bless y'all. Have all a right. great day. All Take right. care. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. There you go, folks, from, uh, my good friend, Pastor Greg, an interesting, it took him a while to kind of untangle that for me last night. And so I helped, uh, I hope that helped you untangle a little bit of this question. Folks, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Find out more about the Fredericksburg Tea Party at fredericksburgteaparty.org. By the way, folks, you can find these uh, shows up for about a week on the Hill Country Patriot, hillcountrypatriot.com, hillcountrypatriot.com, and uh, then I post them up on uh, Spotify and other uh, websites. Uh, Lots of uh, distractions these days, so yes, I am a few days behind posting. Um, I promise um, to uh, not stay as distracted, but you know there are a lot of distractions during this time of the year, and that's one of the reasons that my good friend Mike Sublett, who, by the way, um, is, is going to be on the program this Friday. We thought we were going to have him last Friday, um, and uh, but uh, things didn't happen that way, so we've uh, rescheduled him for this Friday and uh, talked to you about his book, Celebration and Repentance, 
um, devotional meditations for Advent and Lent. And in the introduction, he says, he talks about the distractions of, of during the holiday season. And he says, um, he says, observing uh, the, the celebratory observance each day from December 1 helps stay focused on Jesus. And uh, suddenly, the season's distractions were far less distracting by focusing on Jesus on a daily basis. And so I'm on day five. This is yesterday's Advent, and hopefully I can get yesterday's and today's in, and we'll be caught up. But uh, day five of the Advent is the pregnancy. The Advent story is all about a baby. It is a story so unbelievable that if God wasn't the author, it would surely be a lie. I remember once hearing two young girls sing a song entitled, The Ten Little Fingers of God. Up until that day, I had never actually stopped to picture the only begotten Son of God as a tiny baby inside of Mary's womb. Imagine his tiny foot pushing against his mother's belly. Mary felt every move Jesus made as he adjusted to his awkward new life in a baby's body. Don't those thoughts cause your imagination to run wild, wondering about how Jesus felt inside his mother? One day his home is in heaven with the next day he is restricted in space and body. And just think, he went through all that just so that you and me could have a Savior, so that your debt of sins could be paid in full. Doesn't that take your breath away? Only God could create a plan this glorious. So what do you need to do in the light of what he did? Is it time to praise his name? Is it time to brag on him? Go for it. Day six of the Advent out of uh, the book Celebration and Repentance by Mike Sublett. Uh, we're going to, it's called The Dream. He says, I don't know about you, but most of the time when I awaken, whatever I was dreaming about quickly fades. No matter how hard I try to remember, usually I just can't. However, there have been a handful of dreams that were so different that they were transported from faded forgetfulness to emblazoned memory. Those dreams I have never forgotten. Joseph had such a dream on the very worst day of his life. All his life he had yearned for the day when he would find that someone special to whom he could give his heart and his love and his faithfulness. It turned out that she lived right there in Nazareth, and her name was Mary. More importantly, she loved him too. Her family allowed the betrothal, and all of life glowed. Then Joseph's world came crashing in. Mary informed him that she was pregnant, and then made the betrayal even more painful with a preposterous story that bordered on blasphemy. He was crushed. So what do you do when you love someone and yet they have betrayed you? Joseph resolved to put Mary away quietly so that she would not be stoned for her adultery. With a shattered heart, he probably laid on his bed that night praying that sleep would halt the agony for at least a few hours. Then it happened. God sent one of his angels to Joseph in a dream with the confirmation that Mary had spoken the truth. It was time to assume his role in God's heavenly plan. Joseph immediately took Mary 
to his home. Oh, I just lost my place. Joseph immediately took uh, Mary to uh, his home as his wife. Now that's a man of God, a man of true faith. What about you? When was the last time you faced a situation where it was time to believe and to get up to the next morning and start doing God's will? Maybe you didn't have a dream, but I'll bet it wasn't that long ago. 